Welcome to Manowaker Studios' Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, Final Station by D.A. D'Amico. Niobe spat on the translucent pebbled flooring, his head spinning after the last shunt. The sky had altered radically. The Milky Way spread overhead in a thick ruby band, sprinkled with cobalt stars and hazy pearlescent patches reminiscent of a neo-impressionist painting. The world outside the facility looked black. No colors, no shapes to define the landscape. He'd landed far out on the rim. Twinges of panic jumped like ticks under his skin. His heart raced and his tongue tasted as if it were coated in ground glass. The shunt felt like dying. You never got used to it. Shay Oogs. One hour. The thin scheduling patch whispered in Zunis from his right cheek. It'd be an hour before the next transfer, and he hoped he'd end up somewhere closer to the galactic core. A sigh escaped his lips like his soul leaving his body. Niobe was still new enough to courier work that every station felt sinister, every shadow a malevolent manifestation of his fear. He chuckled nervously. The sound echoed hollow and tense, ghost-like, through the empty Colosseum. The chill of his previous shunt, a world of bright sunshine and glinting frosted towers, clung to the tips of his fingers like an oily resin, and he hugged himself as he glanced around. This was the third empty world, yet another dead end on this arm of the galactic transport array. He ached for contact. His hands trembled as he adjusted the backpack at his feet. A pale blue light followed its outline. A white glow encircled his shoes, matching his movements. In the distance, cobalt, purple, and jade outlines highlighted islands of cargo. The shunt mechanism separated matter into categories, sapient life in white, non-intelligent living things in oranges and yellows, cargo machines, metal, plastics, and various shades from green to ultraviolet. The landscape he'd remembered from the previous shunt had changed as well. Bales the size of trucks shimmered above pale lavender outlines interspaced with green and blue heaps. But no white, no life. Niobe's mentor, a Zaiq female still young enough to be unnamed, had carefully explained the transfer route. Interstellar transfer stations operated on a fixed schedule, with a frequency dictated by demand. High-volume stations transferred platforms to multiple destinations several times per day. Far-flung stations went years between shunts. His journey had been exquisitely timed, utilizing far stations to leap tens of thousands of light-years in an instant as long as he stayed on the platform. An indistinct shadow skittered wraith-like behind a jungle of machinery, casting a dull crimson outline as it moved. Niobe watched it nervously. It appeared again almost under his feet, leaving an impression of bat wings trembling against the textured floor. Then it was behind him. Niobe caught his breath, trying to quell his urge to flee. 
Nothing within the facility would hurt him, they'd said. He would always be safe, they'd promised. He chanted these words in his mind as he cringed from the shape looming over him. The creature's face shifted continuously like rubbish tumbled against a cheap plastic sack. Enormous black faceted eyes surveyed him. The thin line of its mouth split, revealing a gray toothless palate. Translators built into the platform resolved the being's hissing shrieks into English. You are a new form? it asked. I'm human, Niobe stammered. Puffing out a breath, he could no longer hold. If it talks, it thinks. If the translator knows its language, then it must simply be another passenger bound for a similar location. It couldn't be dangerous. His pleading thoughts grew louder as he tried to suppress his fear. My people are new to interstellar travel. Niobe tried to relax, blaming the tingling down his neck to the hollow feel of the gigantic empty platform. Zaik? Yes, the Zaik are our mentors, Niobe nodded, but then remembered his lessons about not using human body language. Despite his knowledge that the platforms were a safe zone, he still felt exquisitely uncomfortable. Niobe explained humanity's experience with the platforms as the creature watched with expressionless eyes. He told how the first Martian expedition discovered a huge coliseum under the Sedona Sands, an abandoned complex housing the kilometer-wide platform littered with containers of every conceivable size and shape. They'd cut their way into a few boxes, finding alien wonders and technology beyond imagination. The cargo vanished on the third day of their pillaging. Along with it went the expedition's crew. At first it was thought the platform might be one level of a multi-tiered storage system, other levels stacked for retrieval by some unknown device. Then, a day later, the platform changed again. It returned with the lost expedition members, as well as a band of cone-shaped quadrupeds with leathery skin the color of overripe plums. These were the Zaik, and they were not happy. The human incursion and destruction of property had jeopardized some touchy trade contracts, and the Zaik had demanded compensation. If they'd wanted to, those few beings could have ended humanity that day. Instead, they offered to accept payment through services. Humans would run errands, perform repairs and cleanup, construct orbital bases, and do the galactic exploring the Zaik weren't willing to risk. Niobe explained all this in a hurried voice, words spilling in torrents as he nervously awaited the next shunt. Does your species travel much? he asked. I am all... Its small stick-like fingers clicked together with a sound like wind through the branches of a dead tree. I have been restricted for selecting too often. Few are left to me. Niobe had no idea what that meant. He stepped back, concerned. The alien followed, getting uncomfortably close. It didn't seem to have the human sense of boundary. The selection has been poor since these terminals were installed. It waved a hand. Your people were here before the platform? Is this your planet? Niobe asked excitedly. Although the Zahik seemed to control the galaxy, they were not the original platform builders. That work had begun long ago by a confederation of beings humanity had yet to meet. It would make Niobe's career to bring home information regarding the builders. This one is forbidden the use of these, it said. Forbidden? Niobe took a small step backwards. He swallowed 
his heart racing. His eyes traveled to the shifting outline. Red was a signal of danger in human cultures. Could it have meant the same to the platform designers? How? Why? Feeding. The mobile surfaces of its face shifted. A wave of nausea rolled over Niobe. He prayed for the shunt, the chance for escape. Maybe you can talk to the builders. Ask for a second chance. This one remains hungry. Niobe wanted to scream. He was a long way from home, a long way from safety. Maybe you could change your diet to something new. Something new. The creature's hissing voice held a different tone, a colder edge. You are new. This has been Final Station, written by D.A. D'Amico, and first appearing in Nine Tales Told in the Dark. Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by Manowaker Studios patrons on Patreon, the voluntary pay-what-you-want subscription service. To find out more or to become a patron, visit patreon.com slash Manowaker. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. I'm C.B. Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening.